Are you a new or aspiring woman leader that wants to make a successful leap into leadership? Do you want to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so that you can become the kind of leader other people want to follow? Welcome to The Leadership Leap, a show that is all about helping women to become more confident about making the leap into leadership. Now, here is your host, Leanne Pico. Hello, welcome to The Leadership Leap. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. We have a wonderful show lined up for you today and very, very topical. Um, it's. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it in a second. I just want to say thanks so much to Tina De Los Santos, who was here last week for our segment, Who Thought It Best?, Tina interviewed me about our new community for the Leadership Leap. Um, And just to let you know, just for COVID-19, we're going to put some of the learning on hold, but I really would love you to come and join the community. There's a free membership level. So, you know, come and you'll still get your weekly inspiration every week and um, we'll stay in contact. And then when people are a little bit more ready to learn, we're going to open up the course again and take on students so uh, just recognizing it's a hard time right now for a lot of people and trying to focus on learning something new is really tough Um, however it's still important to keep receiving information and um, you know what I try to do with the weekly leadership inspiration is to help guide on the journey so just some ideas for you to collect along the way and to help guide this um all time, but current time in particular, sometimes it's useful just to have some inspiration to know that, uh, you know, we can do things better. So I also want to say thank you to Christina Sacchifio uh, for her amazing conversation with me last week about empathy and diversity, equity and inclusion in her segment, The Inclusion Zone. Um we, We've been talking a lot about empathy. It's very, very, uh, again, it's topical, but it's it's because it's so crucial right now. And um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to Michelle Bevan about empathy as a leader. And last week, we wanted to talk to Christina about empathy in DEI because it has a very, it's a cornerstone of DEI. Um, and at the same time, it can also be a bit of a, a, a red, um, red herring for us in terms of thinking that we might, that we are empathetic and know what another's experience is. So great show. If you want to have a listen, click on the link on the show page or you can download in your favorite podcast provider. Um, so today, uh, in after the break, we'll be talking about overcoming the overwhelm with Susan Crawford from Meraki Inspired Coaching Consulting. Susan was here a little while ago to chat with us about being a leader in your own life, and I have asked her back as she focuses a lot on helping women to balance their various priorities as well as their own self-care. So very, very important stuff right now. But first, we're going to talk about LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is a very powerful professional tool that everyone can use. And I don't know if you remember when LinkedIn first started, a lot of people thought you had to be like a thought leader or a CEO to be on it. Um, And just in a few short years, it's now become basically the leveler for anyone who is job searching or wanting to develop relationships. It's actually um, a place to network, not just job searching, developing um, expanding your network internationally. So it's very different from when it first started. And I think a lot of people may not be tapping into the potential of it. So today we're going to help you leverage LinkedIn. Uh, and again, super important right now, especially if you've un- lost your job or you're facing a layoff or um, wanting to make a move. So 
that's what we're going to do today. We're going to support you. So I'd like to introduce you to Hamad Siddiqui, LinkedIn guru. And Hamad is a disruptor, an author, and a public speaker and has worked in Asia, South Asia, and the Middle East. He was working at the UK Trade and Investment for many years, and it helped him learn the art of bridging communication gap between policy and the private sector. Very important space, particularly at a time like this. Um, an interesting change in his career was joining the Center for International Private Enterprise, a nonprofit affiliate of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, where he traveled south whole of South Asia, the Philippines, Cambodia, Turkey, Papua New Guinea, Romania, U.S., and Canada to develop or implement projects or do new business development work. Amazing, well-traveled. And Hamad has also published two books and is writing a new one on LinkedIn. Welcome, Hamad. Thank you very much. Such a pleasure to be on your show. It's wonderful to have you here. And before we get into the conversation, I want to share that um, when I first launched the Leadership Leap and part, uh, particularly focused on women, Hamad was the first person and certainly the first man to say, fantastic, how can I help? So I'm so, so excited to finally get to talk to you. Uh, it's a pleasure. So uh, frankly speaking, in my uh, working career, I have seen a lot of gender experts who are not men, which surprises me. Uh, and, you know, I feel myself lucky to be uh, very different from those men who are not really interested in gender empowerment. Yes. Well, tell us, because you've done a lot of work helping women entrepreneurs and women in, in workplaces. Tell us a bit about your history doing that work. Yeah. So mainly uh, for the past 14 plus years of my work with Center for International Private Enterprise, our focus had been on um, the business side of empowerment. So uh, how do you engage women-owned businesses um, in policy debate? And what are the institutions, uh, if you empower those institutions, you know, that they can become wise for these, uh, these women. And my work has been in mostly in places where um, women are sort of marginalized, uh, if I may put it that way. Um, you know, in Pakistan, uh, Bangladesh, uh, Nepal, and all those countries. So bringing those voices up uh, at the policy corridor was an interesting challenge that uh, that was uh, out there when I started. I mean, it was there, you know, for many, many years, but, you know, since my 14 years have spent in, like, linking those voices with policy corridors, um, I can say that, you know, it's it's, uh, it's interesting and it's encouraging that these those women who uh, you know who became part of those women chambers who were weak initially and you know with our capacity building work and helping them out they uh, could actually turn the wheels and they could actually get some uh, critical policy level work done for the betterment of their uh, of their uh, women businesses so I mean, I can go on for hours on this because that's my passion. <laughs> so but I just wanted to uh, be like very focused on, um, uh, on. But you know, it's interesting to see as soon as you start providing that capacity. I have seen that the level of intellect women have, frankly speaking, is much beyond what a man can think. So it's just the matter of that capacity, the initial capacity. If you provide that, uh, I think women can be much better leaders as compared to men. 
Well, thank you for that. I, I can't wade in on that conversation because I'll get in trouble But <laughs> from the men around. But it's absolutely true that, you know, when we when we provide a, a place for women to have a voice and um, when we, we when we build the infrastructure for women to advance either in policy or uh, within organizations, it's I mean, it's like magic. It's wonderful to see what women can do for sure. So now you also do cap- capacity building and I'm going to talk about we're going to move over to your LinkedIn work because um, for me, it's it's interesting because you, you do all of that work and. For some people, they could look at the work you do around LinkedIn as quite different, but I see it as very similar and it's still capacity building because it's actually helping people present their best professional self. So tell us about why you think, like, why focus on LinkedIn? Why is it such a valuable tool for networking, job searching, business development? Like, why, why have you focused there? Yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, you touched upon right in the beginning of our conversation that how people start started their LinkedIn profiles. Uh, I mean, I did the same thing. You know, I created a LinkedIn profile years ago the way other people were doing at that moment in time. There was a trend. Um, but last five years, I have been focusing on my own learnings, How what can we do on, on LinkedIn. I mean, it's 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 a social media. It's a component of a bigger social media canvas. Uh, but let's look at LinkedIn uh, in its exclusivity. It's very different from Facebook and the social media yeah. platform. It's, it's professional. Sure. You can actually target um, uh, the community you want to be uh, you want to be seen with, uh, and your community then dictates where you go on from there. So my focus was how do we leverage this this great platform that we have. Um, and uh, over the period of time, I learned because, I mean, there are LinkedIn resources available, but not everybody um, has time to access those resources. So my thought was, how do I sort of distill this whole knowledge and build something or create something which is very targeted for a common user? And that uh, that focus actually drove me to develop a training program on LinkedIn optimization. Uh, I delivered those training programs wherever wherever I went uh, and experimented with it. It works. Um, so, so, you know, I thought why not try to sort of commercialize it also. So if I'm spending my time and helping people, uh, my time is at a cost. And that's how I sort of developed this whole new scheme of things that I have. Uh, but I, I help people a lot pro bono. You know, people contact me on LinkedIn and I, I basically review their profile and um, and tell them how they can improve it. Um, I mean, why you should be out there? Because there are other people out there also. It's, it's a global village. World is a global village. I mean, the way you and I have connected, you know, we never knew each other. We could not have been connected if I, I had not put in my willingness to help on your on your post. And yeah. that's how things happen. And today, a few months down the line, I am talking to you on your show. Um, <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. So well, and how about there, it, yep, go on. There's no quick fix. So there's no quick fix. There's a procedure. Yeah. There's a way uh, you should really focus and how do you proceed in your in your objective. Uh, I mean, it's not magic. It's It's a process that one has to follow. Yes. 
And, you know, the thing is, and I love how you, you said that, that it's it's not a quick fix, because I think sometimes people go, oh, I'm just going to put up my LinkedIn profile and I'll get a job. It's actually, um, and, and this is the learning I think LinkedIn has figured out. It took them a little while um, to figure out the professional space, whereas um, with Facebook, it was a little easier because it was personal. But how do you bring the personal into the professional on LinkedIn? I think they've done very well with that. Uh, and we see a lot of people who are, um, you know, it, it's that piece around presenting your best professional self and being authentic at the same time, right? So when yep. someone is doing their profile and you only have so many words, you only have so much uh, you can put up there. How do you uh, advise people like to to be personal but professional at the same time? Right. So, uh, you know, I will talk about that uh, in a while. But, you know, what I wanted to share is that every individual usually have four type of capitals. You have intellectual capital, you have sweat capital, your work, you have financial capital, and you have social capital. These are the four basic, uh, you know, capitals that you have or basic categories of capital you have um, to capitalize upon in your career, in your life, in your leadership. Uh, LinkedIn provides you an opportunity to show off, to express who you are and uh, why are you out there. And I'm a big fan of uh, Simon Sinek, uh, his you know, theory of golden circle where he says, you know, all these leaders they start thinking from the from the center, which is why. Why are they doing what they're doing? And yes. then how and then what? So one has to really have an objective. Why are you out there on LinkedIn? Are you just following other people or you want to be followed? Uh, if you are just following other people and be out there and sending out invitations and all that, okay, it may work. But if you want to present yourself as somebody people should look at and follow, things will change completely. And, you know, that goes for a job seeker. It goes for an influencer or a leader, uh, a thought leader. It goes for everybody who is out there. I mean, it's just a focus that you have to really target. So, I mean, if you look at LinkedIn, um, if you go on a profile, what are the few things you look at on your screen? What What are a few things? It's your background image. It's your display picture. It's your title or the, the headline that we call it. And two and a half lines, maximum two and a half lines of your biodata, which is the about section. That's all you see. What I've seen is a lot of people do not utilize what is out there, what LinkedIn is providing you for free optimally. So a lot of profiles, well, most of the profiles don't even have a backdrop image. Yeah. Uh, by the way, your backdrop image is fantastic. So I would. Oh, thank you. And, <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. The way yeah. I coach it, I say, you know, treat that as a billboard. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're driving by on the road, and there's a billboard. If it is relevant to you, you will probably pay attention. If it is not relevant to you, you won't pay attention. Oh, I but love that. You know, that's so good. I love that because I haven't heard that before, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That is the thing is because when we it, we kind of cruise around LinkedIn and kind of that is what catches our eye. So I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. So use that space. And it's a free space. The biggest space you have on your first screen is your backdrop. Uh, so design it properly, use it properly and treat it as your billboard. Anybody who's interested in what you are doing and what who you are, 
You know, that's the bait. That's the first bait that is out there. Then your uh, display picture, a lot of people just take a selfie and put it out there, which is obviously not according to LinkedIn guidelines. It has right. to be a professionally done picture. Nowadays, your, your mobile phones, cell phones have, you know, pretty you know, powerful cameras, you can still take it with a nice solid background. You know, you will feel it. You will like it. I mean, yeah. if it's a picture with uh, like a um, kangaroo behind you, obviously it's a uh, disruption. Uh, yes. You have to have a picture showing you, you are looking straight in the eyes as if you're talking to the people. It's all yeah. about psychology. Yeah, then, that's good. Then the, then the thing that actually uh, works for LinkedIn logarithm is your keywords. Um, a lot of people put in statements out there, which is obviously that's the that's the way they want it. I mean, these are the people who are already influencers. You know, Bill Gates can put in whatever he wants to put in. People will still <laughs> land on his profile true. searching for Bill Gates. Yeah, but yeah, that's if Master Dicky puts in something similar to what Bill Gates has put in, nobody will land on my profile. Because your keywords are searchable, uh, you know, it's like Google. You know, you Google, you search, put in a query, and Google throws out uh, some results on your screen based on your search. LinkedIn does the same thing. You put in something, if, you're, if recruiters are looking for a podcast producer, for instance, you know, they put in podcast producer in the search bar. Anybody who has podcast producer in the headline section, there is a chance that the profile will be shown on the screen. Um, so your keywords have to be research keywords. And, you know, what I've learned that in different parts of the world, there are different keywords that are applicable. So... I mean, just to give you an example, a very small example, for instance, in North America, your, your signals in your cars are called turn signals, right? Right, yep. You say right or left. In South Asia, these are called indicators. Oh, yes. Right. So if I say indicator here, nobody would understand what I'm saying. Oh, you know what? I lived in the UK for a long time, and we use indicator there as well. Indicator, right? And so, so I say uh, that here, and people, yeah, that you just helped me. <laughs> That's why people don't know right. what I'm talking about. That's right. right. And it's very frustrating when people don't use them, whatever the work they're called. <laughs> right. No, but yes. the thing is that you know because South Asia has yeah. a much stronger British influence. Right. Right. Yes. That technology, which is irrelevant to North American market. Yeah. So your keywords have to be relevant to your market, to your industry. Yes. And you have to do a lot of research. So that's where, you know, LinkedIn, people who do LinkedIn optimization like myself, we make money. Really. Yeah. Yeah. We for do sure. that research. Now, and, and pro- in terms sorry. of those keywords, Hamad, I, I, one of the things I want to just clarify for with, because it's one of the things that I have struggled with sometimes is there's, um, so a lot of people think they have to tell the story of what they are now and so what they are rather than where they want to be. And so one of the things that I, you know, especially talk to new leaders about or, or, or aspiring leaders rather who want to become a leader, um, you know, is is the struggle with, you know, f- 
just the facts, ma'am, in terms of their headline and or uh, presenting what they would where they would like to go, but in a way that doesn't uh, impact their current work. Can you give some um, tips on that, which is kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, future proofing your your headline, but um, not lying about what you do now? Like, how do you balance yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, don't lie. I mean, that's period. So yeah. don't lie. Uh, and in my uh, approach, anybody who is uh, doing over and above what is expected of him is a leader. You know, a person who takes initiative, a person who is out there to help people is a leader. Um, and I'm going back to that initial point. I, I took initiative to put a line, a small comment, you know, how can I help? So I took an initiative. I did not know you, but I liked it. I put an initiative. So leader means somebody who leads. It can be an auto mechanic. You know, he can be an auto mechanic or she can be an accountant or she can be a lawyer. Does not really make any difference. LinkedIn provides you an opportunity to link up with people or appear in searches of those people who are looking for people like you. Right. And so you're, what view, you're, can I just bring that point out? Because I think it's super, super important. What you're saying is it's not all about what you say. It's about what you do and how you are on LinkedIn. Exactly. Okay, exactly. that is such an important point. And that's true in real life too. But on LinkedIn, there's you, you are unlimited. In real life in an organization, you may struggle to get to talk to the CEO. But on LinkedIn, you can, you can go right in front of them. Absolutely. So, you know, just your keywords... Uh, provides you the opportunity to connect with people who are looking for people like you. Mm-hmm. And that those keywords are really important. Then comes your about section. So that's, that's basically 2,000 characters. So it's the huge space that you have. That's the space that you should optimally utilize in presenting yourself. And uh, there, should, there has to be a story. So what a, I've, I mean, a lot of people, what they do, they simply do cut and paste of their, their CV there, you know, yes. roles and responsibility and all that um, stuff that they have on their, their CV does not work that way. You have to tell a story. I mean, people don't know you. They have landed on your profile. They somehow like your profile. Now they want to learn more about you. That's the place where you have to show your enthusiasm, your approach, um, your leadership skills and all that in a very subtle way. So there has to be a story. If somebody is a salesperson, for instance, you know that to me that salesperson, if he's a great sales, she's a great salesperson, she's a sales leader. So how do you present? You have to have like, you know, you have built teams, you have worked with teams, you have created uh, new ideas around, you know, sales pitches, uh, you know, show some numbers, you know, this, this much million dollar worth of business in the past five years and stuff like that. That's a place where you have to explain where you're coming from and what your future goals are. Um, that's where you show your leadership and your style and everything. Uh, it has to be carefully drafted, which people don't usually. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the recruiters and the people who are looking at for people like uh, people like us, uh, as soon as they click on about section, they leave. 
Yeah. And if they leave, they'll then you know you you lose the connection. So mm-hmm. your perfection has to be self-explanatory, and it should be describing you, not your CV. Your CV doesn't describe you. I don't like doing CVs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, just I'm just thinking about that because the CV is, and it always has been, and you know, I I do a lot of story type work and have done. Um, and one of the things that you know the CV and resume doesn't do is is often tell the story. It it's yeah. just the facts. And so, like you say, LinkedIn is an opportunity for you to frame what that looks like. Um, and to and and you know, the other thing is is that a lot of people. Um, uh, you know, there's a whole who you know uh, recruitment, the the hidden job market piece, yeah. where you know we often we we try to be equitable, we try to have processes and systems, but a lot of times it's kind of like I see that person, they'd be perfect for this role. I don't think that's there's a bad thing about that. I think you still have to be equitable and fair, but you know, to uh, make a connection on LinkedIn and say, oh my goodness, this person could be ideal for what we're looking for. Um, but to enable that kind of thought to have occurred, like you say, it has to all have been framed um, and a clear, is is it important in your profile to have a clear ask? Because I, I get asked this too. So yeah, if I'm already in a job, uh, but I'd like to be considered for other things, like how do I navigate that in my LinkedIn mm. profile? That's a great question. Now, first of all, LinkedIn profile provides you an opportunity. There's a tool that if you enable that tool, it is, uh, you know, recruiters can see that you are looking for a job. That's one thing. But a lot of people actually uh, are afraid of losing their current job because Mm -hmm. they know that their managers would spot them if somebody looking for other opportunities. I personally feel that, you know, we are free birds. I mean, we should be looking for opportunities always. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's very bad of a manager who, who thinks that way. So, but... You know, you can do certain things in a very subtle way. If you are valuable, if you can bring in something interesting on the table, people will connect with you. And that is the fifth thing that I would like to speak about. And perhaps uh, in the scheme of things, one of the most challenging stuff, because it requires continuity, it requires sort of thinking process. It require, requires efforts. That's your content. What do you post? And when do you post it? And how do you post it? Yes. Your content has to be engaging. So, I mean, I post things that people read. So my average posts go within 24 hours to five, 6,000 views. Uh, I mean, if I work harder, I can probably reach 10,000 views. I mean, wow. I'm still wow. not a huge influencer, but some of my posts have gone to 100,000 views. Wow, that's uh, incredible. But, you know, I have to be consistent. Yes. That's the thing. I have to be consistent, very focused on what I write. So what people do, the easiest thing on LinkedIn is to share somebody else's article. Right? You just push share button, that's it. Boom. Yeah. But LinkedIn, LinkedIn's logarithm is looking for fresh content. Right. Profiles that are posting fresh content and focused content are sort of indexed above uh, the rest of the lot. So you can outshine by posting relevant content. So, I mean, usually when I coach people, I said, okay, 
I mean, you have a cat at home and the cat is not well, it's not eating. You take a picture of that sick cat and put it on LinkedIn. LinkedIn logarithm will get confused. I mean, yeah. you are an accountant. I mean, linked a cat, a picture of a sick cat does not relate to your profession. It's so okay. sensitive. Yeah. You, have to be very, you have to be mindful of what you're posting. Yeah, stay in your if lane. You are in, yeah. If you are if you're a thought leader, if you're I mean I just I mean if you're a podcaster, if you do podcasting, if you're a public speaker, and if you're posting things that are not relevant, you're not building your community. Okay. So it's all about focused. building your community. I mean I go back to uh, I read Seth Gordon a lot and uh, in his book Tribes he says um, in this era of social media, you not you do not need billions of dollars to stand out and show off you what you need is just just few influencers. And my influencers are those people who are looking at my profile and looking at my post and sharing those and putting in comments. Right. Um, that's how I show off my skills. That's, that's how I show off my capabilities. So you so people have to be very mindful uh, when they are putting in the content. And in my coaching, I actually identify the type of content an individual should be posting based on the on the objective of that individual. So if somebody is a leader in her own space, you know, that individual has to very logically think what kind of people that would get influenced through the content that, that she's going to post. Absolutely. And target yeah. audience is so, so important. So thank you for Absolutely. that, Haman. Unfortunately, we're, we're, we've run out of time. I could literally talk to you all day, uh, but yeah. we need to go to a break. So before we do, though, let so tell, those five tips are very useful. And thank you for sharing that. But how can somebody, if somebody wants to optimize their profile, how can they get in touch with you for coaching? So, uh, I mean, LinkedIn is the best platform. Uh, you can, uh, they can uh, send me an inbox on uh, direct message. Uh, connect with me, send me a direct message and I'll be happy to respond. Awesome. Okay, and so make sure you can see Hamad's um, uh, full name and bio on the show page and thank you so much, Hamad, and thank you so much for being such a wonderful ally and advocate for women too. Take care. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, we're coming back after the break with Susan Crawford who's going to help us deal with our overwhelm. See you soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn that the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you will discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. 
Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you'll discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to The Leadership Leap with Leanne Pico. You can find out more about Leanne and the program at theleadershipleap.net. Don't forget that you can also send in your questions about all things leadership to Leanne at her email address, info at theleadershipleap.net, and we'll try to answer them on the show. Now, back to The Leadership Leap. Hey, welcome back. Okay, that was such good stuff from Hamad. Um, It's interesting because... um, I was thinking about it. We haven't had a lot of men on the show. (laughs) I've been very choosy about who comes on. Uh, Not because I don't love men. I think they're fabulous. Um, It's more just, it's about we're trying to elevate women's voices. And so it's always nice to hear about men who that's their work to help elevate women's voices. So I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you got some great benefit from the tips around um, leveraging LinkedIn. Um, So now we're going to talk a bit about um, something that's near and dear to my heart right now, which is overwhelm. I am overwhelmed a lot. I don't know about you, but uh, I I know some of my friends, both professional and personal, we talk about brain fog and, um, you know, Life has changed for a lot of people. Not everybody has kids, but those who do, um, they're now at home running around in the background. Um, We also are not able to do a lot of the things that we used to do uh, during this COVID crisis. So the things that may have brought us um, uh, a sense of balance, we're we're not able to do things like, you know, if we socialize or uh, go out for walks with our dogs on the off leash, which is my personal um, pain right now is not to be able to get out in the woods. Um, 
So I really am very appreciative of Susan Crawford stepping up to come and talk today about the overwhelm. And she's got a program coming up next week, very timely. So um, I want to talk to her about that because um, it's tempting to stop learning. It's tempting to stop uh, to say we're too busy to do things, but we actually need some support right now. So um, I'm going to, you know, suggest that you really consider doing Susan's program. So tell you a little bit more about Susan. Susan Crawford is a dynamic coach, facilitator, and speaker. She's the founder of Meraki Inspired Coaching and Con- Consultation and a fiercely courageous woman who left her corporate job to create a life that gave her the balance and freedom she craved. Um, she Susan does generally work with super women who feel lost, frustrated, and overwhelmed juggling the pressures and expectations of life and work. Susan, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so uh, we talk about balance a lot and it's just gone out the window. So thank you for being here. Yes, (laughs) thank you very much for inviting me back, Leanne. I appreciate it. Yeah, so happy to have you here. So tell us, what is the, I've kind of given a little personal perspective, possibly a little complaining there. Um, What does the, um, (laughs) what does overwhelm look like for us right now? Because you spent, I mean, you spent, you do your work trying to help women maintain this Mm. crazy thing called balance. Well, there's no such thing right now. So like what, what, what's changed for us and what's the impact you think? Well, I think on a, the changes come on like big scale and as well as small scale. So big scale, we're in our homes, we are with our loved ones, maybe our kids, our spouses, or we're alone. And that's a huge shift. So on a larger scale, like the whole COVID-19 has completely changed our routines, our habits, has taken away things that maybe we, we love to do. And even on a small scale, something as simple as your commute from home to work, that was your quiet time. That was the time where you could just take a breath and mentally prepare to go into the office. And the same on the way home. You could decompress your day, listen to your music, sing in traffic, and get ready maybe for those of us who are parents to step into your second job. We don't have that anymore. And I think the overwhelm is, is that our work lives and our home lives have collided and there is literally no space between the two. And a lot of that falls on our plates. Uh, That's a really great description. So not only, and I'm going to add to that, not only is there no space between them, but we have nowhere to go. Like we actually now have to Mm -hmm. stay in. So it's the weirdest thing because I, I keep, I keep saying, I feel like we're in opposite land. Uh, because yes. we we've we're continually told few not as much time on the screens, um, get outside in nature, go and mm-hmm. do this and go and do that, and and now we have to not only do we need to work potentially for those of us who are still working, um, but mm-hmm. we're parenting for those of us who have kids, and we can't go anywhere. Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, the adrenaline from the first couple of weeks when this pandemic had hit and we were getting used to it, it was like, okay, you know, you do your panic buy, you stock your shelves, you're okay. And now I think we're settling into this, the adrenaline has dropped. And now we're realizing that this could be a little while longer. And we're seeing all of the things that we're responsible for. We're still expected to perform at work if we're working. We're still expected to pay our mortgage and our rent. We're still expected to parent our children. Now we're expected to homeschool if you have them. And all of these other roles are piled up. And in some way, shape, or form, we're also needing to take care of ourselves. And I think that's the key piece that has been missing. And I would love to shift 
the narrative here because we're talking about how much we can care for others, but we are not taking care of ourselves. Like for, for those of us who are continuously working at the same pace, at the same level, trying to make sure we're homeschooling perfectly, parenting perfectly, being the star employee of the month, it's not sustainable. <clears throat> so absolutely what not. what we're feeling yeah. is that the overwhelm of trying to sustain and maintain this pace we can't because this is this is not normal. This is we're trying to keep normal things happening in a very um, unpredictable, uncertain circumstance. For sure, and and I think that's the thing is that it's um, we like even we called it working at home, and it's like well, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's <laughs> you know we're at home in, during a pandemic where you could get right. very sick and or die. So it's like mm-hmm. and this is it's not. Uh, you know, it's not, we're, we're using the language of, you know, before COVID, BC, let's call it, um, yes, yes. And, and not applying it. So I think you've raised a really important point, which is, and, and you know, women are terrible. We're all very bad at um, balancing our own needs oh. with, you know, Absolutely. it's a it's a common thing. I, I tend not to try to generalize and be careful with that, but it is a very mm-hmm. common trait, we're yeah. always caring about others. So, Absolutely. so what? How do you reframe that narrative? So, you know, I'm at home. I have kids that I'm trying to homeschool. Maybe I have a partner. Maybe I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to do my work, trying to look after the kids, and trying to like what? You know, for women, they're listening to this and going, "When exactly would that happen? Or how exactly would that happen?" So, and the, and what yeah. we need to do, like you say, is change the narrative. So the first thing is mindset. So what mm-hmm. what do you think? What do you think we need to do to change well, that mindset? Well, I, I think even before mindset, it's being self-aware. So noticing when you're right. going to the fridge a little more often, noticing when you're having that extra glass of wine to take the edge off, noticing all that numbing behavior, because yeah. things are overwhelming emotionally, mentally, and physically too, because we can't really do all the things that we used to. So noticing the changes in your behavior, your thoughts, how you feel is probably going to be one of the first things that you can pick up on to say, okay, something may need to change here. If that's where I'm feeling overwhelmed, these are sort of the um, results of feeling overwhelmed. If you're having sleepless nights or you don't want to get out of bed, like all of these things, your body is speaking to you. And it's really important during this time, especially because there's so much overload that you really have to listen. What is your body saying? What is it needing? Because I think a lot of us have that need, that push to keep moving forward, to keep working, to keep, you know, um, meeting those high expectations. But we are in such a weird time right now that all of that's out the window. Like, it's survival now. It's like, it's if you need to give your kids the tablet for a little bit longer because you have a conference call or you need to get that report done, like, it's dropping all the guilt, all the shame, all the parenting perfection that we carry with us that are sort of our our medals or badges of honor. It's throwing that to the wind and saying, what do I need to do right now to make sure I'm okay, maybe they are okay, and that I'm, I'm balancing quote unquote, as best as possible. Yeah, do the best I can. Absolutely. And you know what, like, I mean, on a bigger picture, and I, you know, I, I, I want to be careful, because I, you know, I see a lot of people talking about how this is such a wonderful 
learning opportunity mm. and things. And, and, you know, sometimes I want to punch them. So and at the same time, I'm also one of those people that maybe some people want to punch too, because I try and pull the learning as well, just because that's how I cope yeah. is to kind of go, okay, what is the higher level thing that will help us through? And one of the things, mm. uh, well, two of the things that I've read, done a lot of reading about is one, it's around um, the anxiety that we've created in kids and kind mm-hmm. of downloading our expectations around perfection, activity, doing something, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and their inability to deal with boredom or develop resilience. Yeah. So that's one thing. Yeah. And then secondly, around um, women and, well, parents and, and women around their expectations around themselves, like you say mm-hmm. about the perf- perfect parent or the perfect employee, yeah, you're it's so right. clear when you talk about survival. Right now, we just have to get through. And I and I do wonder if it's going to help us see what really matters long term. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're bang on. And I, and I think it goes back to what you said about mindset. And mindset is the, the palpable word for emotional intelligence. It's how mm-hmm. you think, how you feel, yeah. how you act under stress, under pressure, and how you're interpreting information and things around you and processing them. And for a lot of us, I think at the emotional level, we're not really sure how to process. So some women may be feeling that they're numbing. Others may be feeling that they're blowing up and, you know, with no patience with their kids or with their partners or with themselves. So we're on this emotional roller coaster. And for, for a lot of people, we're not really sure how to express that or, what, or know what to do with it. The flexibility that we've been called to have, the resilience that is at our doorstep, you know, the, the optimism that you say for some people, it's like, okay, quit it already. But for others, yeah. that's a survival mechanism. Yeah, And for so sure. your, your stress tolerance and being able to sort of um, move and flow with every day changing information, this is all going to impact your mindset. And as a result, it will also impact how you perform and how you show up for work with your family, for yourself. And I think yeah, none absolutely. of that is possible if we're not taking care of ourselves. Yeah. And and I'm going to add in because a lot of people are not working. I've lost like we've, uh, you know, a lot of us with businesses, a lot of us who have been laid off. I mean, mm-hmm. the opposite is happening. So and I saw a great article today around that, which is, um, you know, saying, hey, how about we, you know, there's, 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 uh, we can't generalize about everyone's situation. And mm-hmm. so there are a lot of people who are, you know, now out of work and now the stress is not necessarily that they can do their work. It, the stress is, can I pay my bills? Exactly. Can I buy food? Yeah. How will I do this? And, um, and so then the, you know, I, I'm looking around and I'm calling it productivity porn, which is kind of like build a bird feeder, learn to, mm-hmm. you know, draw, write your book. Yeah. And it's just like all of this kind of, and that was contributing to my overwhelm because I am working, um, but, you know, some of my contracts have gone away. So I'm just in yeah. this weird spot where it's kind of like, well, I still have work, so I, I can't bird, build a bird feeder right now. Uh, and mm-hmm. in a month's time, I probably don't want to. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, you exactly, know, that exactly. we're continuing this ridiculous conversation about what we should be doing with our time yeah. and making people feel mm-hmm. bad about it so how do people navigate that as well well I think um, well it's basic Maslow's hierarchy of needs if you don't feel safe and secure nothing else is going to happen and I think one of the key things that we can do is 
to just be still for a minute. I mean, there is so much chaos swirling around us that is out of our control. So it's taking back that power and saying, okay, people are, for example, one of the groups that I talked with last week, they said, you know, all I want to do is sleep. I, I cannot get the energy some days to wake up. And I said, you know, what is your body telling you? You know, if you've been going at 90, 90 miles an hour every day and now your body is in need of rest, maybe that's what you need to listen to. And yes. so all of the pressure to build that birdhouse or learn French, it's like, that's great. It's there, but you have to do what works for you. And that comes with knowing yourself, knowing your limits, knowing your strengths, asking for help, reaching out to friends, um, making sure that you're getting what you need that is in your control. You know, unfortunately, with, with jobs and finances, that is a huge stress for a lot of people right now. And it's, it's silly to think that, well, maybe if I should go b- build a birdhouse, my problems will be solved. Well, no, you have to figure out what, what is in my power. Yeah. What help do I need to ask for? Because that is also a hard thing to do to ask for help or be open to receiving it when people offer. So much. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because, it, again, um, the overall narrative in our society is you should be able to do everything alone. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we've really become that very isolated. And and it's funny because right now we're under extreme isolation and people mm-hmm. are feeling it. Like I've never, and, you know, we're, we're socially isolating, but when I am walking around for my daily exercise, uh, people are smiling and waving. And it's just like, hey, because <laughs> yeah. we're just so happy exactly. for a little bit it's of like, human yeah. Contact, um, but yeah. Here, it's like, oh my god! Pardon? Say again. If you can get a smile from a stranger from across the street, it's like, oh, okay, I know. <laughs> it'll be okay. Exactly, exactly. So, so you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. Where the maybe like the ex, it is about standing down on expectations, recognizing that there are real, very real um, things to be stressed about, and. Yeah understanding that there are things we just don't control and we just don't have in our power. And I think that's really hard for a lot of people. Um, but like you well, say, it's, yeah. it starts with that self-awareness and being driven instead by the external um, environment's needs by our own internal needs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so tell me, if somebody is normally running, you know, like you said, kind of 90 miles all the time and now mm-hmm, all of a sudden mm-hmm. they don't have a job or they're working at home less or like how do you go like how do you f- use like what self-awareness techniques can you share that enable people to tune into what's happening for mm-hmm. them and kind of leave aside the noise yeah well I'm a big fan of journaling I know it's not for right. everybody um, but any type of expression that gets the feelings and thoughts out so whether it's writing or drawing or singing to your favorite songs, whatever that is, I think there is just so much value in that expression or that vocalizing or putting it onto paper that allows it to go from your head and out. Because I feel like as we as we process what is going on for us personally in like globally, there needs to be space for us to think about how is this affecting me and how am I dealing with this? Where am I struggling? And these are just questions you can ask yourself. You know, where am I struggling? What am I grieving? What am I missing? Yes. What am yeah. I grateful for today? And it's, yeah. it's 
almost like having that conversation with yourself so that you can get to the, to the core of what it is you're experiencing. Everybody's experience will be so different. People have supports. Others don't. Some people are with family. Others are not. So I, I think making a, a strategy that works for you is so critical. I know that a lot of parents, for example, who are homeschooling, well, school is Monday to Friday, you know, at least an hour a day. Well, you know what? Last week we did a PA day because my yeah. kids were stressed yeah. out and didn't want to do it. I was getting stressed out and I didn't want to do it. And we said, you know what? This is going to work for us in this family today. Yeah. And it's giving yourself permission to deviate a little bit, to go off the path in a way that works for you. So if it means even just opening a window and breathing in some fresh air mindfully or um, meditating or taking some time out just for yourself to listen to what it, what is it that I'm thinking and feeling and being with it yeah, because you're nice. not alone, but we are also used to putting on the mask of everything's fine. I'm great that we're, we're fooling ourselves, but also we're, shortchanging ourselves at the same time because there are so many other people sharing in this collective experience. We could be supporting one another and helping one another and teaching one another what might work for someone else. Yeah. Like and you know, you, opportunity here. It, and, and that's the thing is, and it, I just want to tie that back to what you just said, which is really a super crucial thing around awareness in, in ourselves and otherwise, which is there is no path. Right. There is no path. So when you said, you know, forge your own path, we kind of, we have to because school mm-hmm. doesn't exist right now. Work doesn't exist. There is no nine to five. Like it's, a, and, and it, it, it's a bit of a, a dystopian nightmare for a lot of people who really like structure. Um, but yeah. for a lot of us who really don't like structure, it's kind of, it is an opportunity to say, okay, well, let's reframe. Let's think about mm-hmm. how we want our life to be right now. We can only right. think about right now. I can't think about any year's time, but today, what is, what do we want life to be like? And, and, um, it, and like you yeah, said, it's, it's, it's it. so important to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And, and you nailed it there when you said, you know, if you like structure, then create a reality for you that has the structure you need that will hold you accountable, that will make you feel productive, that will make you feel good. If you're not someone who thrives in structure, then your, your day will look different than somebody else's. But yeah. work with your strengths, work with what works for you. If you have peaks and valleys in your productivity throughout the day, work at the peaks. Don't push yourself to work through the valleys just because at your nine to five job, you were expected to. Like yeah, there's a for whole sure. lot of space here, right? That we can, that we can navigate differently. And um, it's finding those moments in each moment to be able and to I can, do that. Absolutely. And I can share a tip as somebody who's worked at home for, you know, almost eight years now. Um, I do my very best work when I am feeling good and focused. And then when I don't, mm-hmm. I go and take a nap or go for a walk. Because what I end mm-hmm. up doing is wasting time and yes. and doing po- like doing my work in a poor way. So um, that's an excellent tip, which is go with how you're feeling and do, you know, what you can. And again, recognizing there's other people around who are also trying to get stuff done. But again, we can figure this out. It's you're mm-hmm. you're able if you're able to kind of take that step back and set down the expectations and and be willing to kind of co-create a new reality for yourself for now. I think you're right. I think that that's the first yeah. step. So thank you, Susan. I really appreciate that. I, and we're we're just about out of time. We've got about a, a minute or so left. But I want so I want you to be able to talk about your program. Tell us about your mm-hmm. program. 
Yeah, Overcome the Overwhelm, it's going to be held live on Zoom on the 18th, which is next Saturday. And it's basically a five-step program seminar that I've put together for women to talk about how to master your emotions so you can get what you need to done every day. It's about how to put on your oxygen mask without guilt or shame. It's about strategies to help you boost your mental and emotional wellness. And it's really um, how to create calm in the chaos. Uh, And I think that's where we all are starting. And this is going to give you practical, easy tools to be able to do that. And for anybody who can't join the live Web, uh, the live seminar. You can purchase the pre-recorded version with a lot of bonuses attached with it. Um, all you need to do is send me an email and let me know what you prefer. If you want to register live or just get the uh, recording with the video. Nice. And where? What's your email? How can they get in contact with you? Yep, my email is susan at marakiinspired.com. And maybe uh, you can post that in the show comments, Leanne, so that people yep. uh, people can grab it. Yeah, it's right on the show page. So if you if you need to, you Perfect. can see Susan's bio, check out her website and email her for to get in contact. I highly recommend it. Thank you so much for being here, Susan. Thank you, Leanne. Talk to you soon. Okay, so bye. thanks so much to bye Susan. Thanks so much to Hamad and Susan for an amazing show. Very topical, very timely. I hope you got lots and lots of tips there. Make sure you tune in next time. We have Helen Patterson from Life Works Well. She's going to talk to us about how last impressions matter. Yes, we're talking about termination, and you can do it in a way that helps people keep their dignity and maintains a good relationship. So very topical right now too, as is the topic for the HR superhero segment with Gurpreet Kaurman, where we're going to talk about the professional impact of COVID-19 on women. Stay connected with me. In the meantime, sign up for a weekly leadership inspiration at theleadershipleap.net. See you next time. Thank you for joining us this week for the Leadership Leap. Liam Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you make a successful leap into leadership.